This is Shudders Inc. with Bruce Williams and Joe Edelman. Hi and welcome to episode 537 of Shudders Inc. This is Bruce Williams from ShuddersIncPodcast.com and joining us once again from what I'm assuming is now a chilly Pennsylvania, it is Mr. Joe Edelman. How are you? I'm doing good, Bruce. It It is kind of chilly. And listen, since we're going to edit this later, yeah. I, I do hope I still have my personalized intro. Oh, you that do? you haven't lost that. No, okay? absolutely. So, right, just, just making sure. That, that's, that's in, it's, in my, it's in my contract rider. Remember yeah, that. Okay? That's right. <laughs> how's, how's it going down there? Are you, so are you guys, you guys are coming into summer then if we're coming into winter, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now what, what's summer like where you're at? What kind of temperatures? Well... <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting one because normally, like, and I, I say normally as in the way my life was for the first 50 years, but not for the last five years, um, summer here on the east coast of Australia would normally mean that you would see tops in the low 40s. So that's okay. over 100 in your language. Right, right. Right. Last year, I don't think... We or last summer, so at the beginning of this year, I don't think we had a top temperature. I think I think we had maybe two days that got into the thirties. Uh, really? Yeah. So that was like you know high eighties wow. for you, you know, and that was like middle of summer and uh, right. And the rest of the time, it was cooler than that? Yeah. So not only do your toilets spin backwards, but your temperature's <laughs> going in the opposite direction for global warming. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly. Exactly wow. like that. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm, wow. I'm really hoping we have some warmer weather this summer because last okay. summer was a real disappointment. Um, yeah. That's interesting. And for a guy who rides a motorcycle, it's like, come on, give me some dry weather and, a, and some sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, All right. And how's things in your neck of the woods? Uh, you know, they're not bad. We're, we're having our fall season now, so it's, yep. it's kind of pretty here in Pennsylvania. Unfortunately, we're a week away from, you know, our infamous midterm elections. And I don't know if it's made it to the news down there today, but um, somebody out in San Francisco went after Nancy Pelosi's husband. I did see that. Hospital. So politics here is like, it's turning into a full contact sport. It's it's interesting, you yeah, know. And, right. and Pennsylvania, we are like smack dab in the middle of the battleground of all <laughs> of it because we have, you know, the we have a TV doctor. Let's just say that. Okay. And then we have a guy who's our current lieutenant governor who looks like an ex-con. He's big <laughs> dude, bald, always wears a hoodie, and had a stroke and almost died oh, earlier okay. in you know the whole election season. So yeah, yeah it's. It's just upside down. It just is. So, so, for those of us who are not U.S. centric, mm-hmm. what, why a midterm election? What's what's that meant to achieve? So, these are elections that are for our congressional seats and a lot of um, state governments. So, our presidents are at every four-year cycle, but our Senate and our Congress they go on. Oh, now I'm going to be a bad American. Senators are six years, and I want to say Congress relax every two. I'm going to probably write that uh, wrong. But anyway, they don't run in the same cycle as the president. Right, gotcha. Uh, so uh, in every presidential cycle of four years, in the middle, there is an election that's going to be like for Senate and Congress. And right. really the importance of it. Uh, similar to what happens in Britain, but in a much different way, it, it does basically impact the balance of power. The president's not getting booted no matter, no matter yeah. who wins, but his or her, hopefully down the road, ability to get things done yes, is can change. impacted by which party, um, you know, gets the, Wins gets the upper house yeah. of, of Congress. Right. So, so that's really, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those for all the marbles kind of things, <laughs> you know, uh, president's important, but if the president doesn't have the votes in, in the Senate and in the house of representatives in this country, they have a really hard time getting things done. Well, Good to know. I've learned something yep. today. Excellent. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and studio-wise, where are you shooting now? Uh, I'm still sticking with a home studio. I did, post-pandemic, I have not gone back out and, and leased anything, uh, you know, maybe down the road, but I just really, really haven't had a need for it. This year, this year has been kind of a, 
a, a crazy year. You know, you've, you've heard me say before, I still don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. I just know that it will <laughs> yep. involve a camera. Yeah. So it's, you know, this year, um, the teaching as far as traveling has slowed down because we've lost a lot of big events here in the U.S. Uh, in fact, actually, this weekend would have been the big New York event, Photo Plus. Right. Um, that, of course, got canceled through the pandemic. And then they decided, which I thought was a great idea, they decided they were going to do a younger, kind of more hip version and make it more experiential and eliminate the trade show. And they gave it a new name. But they kind of went overboard on marketing towards like 20-somethings. Okay. And all the manufacturers that they wanted to come in and pay for it kind of reminded them like, those 20-somethings don't have money, so we're not participating. So, so the whole thing got canceled. So it's not even happening at all. So we're down to uh, Imaging USA, which was from Professional Photographers of America. That will happen in January. Looking forward to that. I'm, I'm doing a bunch of things at that. And then uh, WPPI, which is done by the same company that does Photo Plus, they insist that they are going to have it next March in Vegas, but they've already canceled the print competition, which I don't care about personally, but that is a big draw for a lot of people. Yeah, right. So they're definitely, you know, having some issues and some concerns there. So it's just the landscape's changed a lot. So I haven't been doing as much traveling, doing right. still a ton of virtual teaching, which I'm really enjoying. Cool. And I think the last time we talked back in March, I was just starting my Tog Knowledge community, right. my learning community online, and that is going really, really well. Excellent. Um, in fact, um, November 1st, so Tuesday, yep. uh, I'll be turning on the switch. It will be turning into a paid community. Right. But we're, yeah, we're up to about 300 founding members, which is kind of where I wanted to settle in before we made it. And when I say paid community, it's very inexpensive, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I needed to have people in the community and really get a feel. It's It's got a ton of stuff in it, a ton of features, cool. all kinds of things. And it's not just portrait photography. It's all genres of photography. Nice. So I'm really excited. That's come together really, really well. And uh, so now I'm putting a lot of kind of the finishing touches on all of the onboarding stuff and that, getting that ready. Um, and, uh, you know, in between that, Shooting whatever comes down the pike. I mean, obviously, I still do my, my fashion portrait stuff. Yeah. Um, my grandkids are playing baseball now in like a fall league, so I shoot them on the weekends. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, good stuff. Since 2005, Shutters Inc. has been a labor of love. But beyond the time required to produce it, there is also a financial commitment. If you find value in the podcast and would like to help keep the servers running, hit up the Patreon link, which is in the show notes. Even a couple of dollars a month will help. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. All right. Well, should we talk some photography stuff? Sure. Let's go for it. Um, I had a couple of emails from Paul Sutton over the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Can and- wait. I, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt. Yeah. I, I owe you an apology. Oh? I, I owe your listeners an apology. <laughs> okay. I was under the impression that because he is also an Aussie, that Paul found me through you guys. <laughs> and so I've been going along for most of the last year, kind of blaming you guys for Paul. I just, and I found out just last week that he found out about you because of me. That's right. And man, do I feel bad? I'm so sorry. Like, cause eight Paul, Paul's a member, you know, of my talk knowledge community. So, Every Thursday night at 5.30 p.m. here in the U.S., we do this little, you know, community meetup. And it's just a kind of a, a little get-together. It's, it's a community. You know, we get to know yeah. everybody. Yeah. And, you know, just to give you an example, this past Thursday, like last night, you know, we log in at 5.30. Everybody's saying hi. All of a sudden, up pops Paul's camera, and Paul's still getting dressed. <laughs> yeah, Paul's here. So Paul, Paul gets up bright and early from down under a day ahead of us yep. so that he can attend those meetings. So, But it's my fault. It's... I'm so sorry. So what has Paul sent us to talk about this episode? Uh, he's, he sent us a couple of links. The first one was from the blog at lensrentals.com. And it was all about just 
the various ways in which your camera gear can get damaged. Uh, and <laughs> <Okay>. what, <laughs> what really grabbed me about uh, this particular story, and not that I've had a chance to read it, but uh, mm-hmm. the images that are included uh, are obviously bits of gear that the lens rentals guys have had to pull apart to try and clean after they have been returned from rentals and oh my goodness some of it is rather scary it's pretty amazing that people are really kind of yeah i mean look accidents happen right but looking at a lot of these pictures (laughs) that's just really inconsiderate people totally (laughs) Like, I, I, I don't know, but, you know, when I, if I ever hire gear, I always feel like I handle it with kid gloves, like it much more so than I handle well, the gear that I own. <laughs> yeah, for me, if I'm renting gear, I'm renting it because I don't want to have to buy it. So yeah, I don't want to ruin it. Exactly. Because then I kind of bought it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. This stuff is it's pretty pr- pretty impressive. scary stuff. Uh, so there's all the usual things, you know, sand, salt, uh, color runs like the Holi Festival yeah. in India. You know where you yep. end up with paint splatter all over the front element of the lens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, forget forget the whole Indian thing. That stuff, by the way, is cool. Here in the U.S., yeah. all that stupid color stuff. I mean, they do they do like a lot of marathons and color runs and that. Right. But even that's big for like gender reveal parties. Now. Oh, that's like right. Here. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 colored dust is like it's used in tons of stuff but even this picture they're showing of this lens yeah i mean like what did the guy do stand right in front of one of the cannons like without <laughs> any protection on the camera it does sort of I look mean, that way you know it's like they do make condoms for cameras they're called ziploc bags i, I right. mean you know you put the camera in a ziploc bag and and cut a hole in it you're good to go yeah but wow that that's impressive it really is <laughs> Uh, and the other story that Paul sent us was uh, all about this guy who's in his mid-50s, but his father was a police officer. This was in England. Mm-hmm. And they were cleaning out, and, and this this all actually transpired like 40 years ago. Uh, right. They were cleaning out this police station they were moving premises and there was a whole bunch of stuff that was just going to go into a skip bin and this guy's father happened to retrieve this book and it was all victorian era mug shots and handwritten entries because this obviously way predated personal computers of all of the crimes that these people had committed and it's just a really interesting snapshot, and I'm kind of glad that this got retrieved from the from the skip bin because, like yeah. like, like his father, so, I think it's an interesting little snapshot of history. It would have been a shame to see this go. You know me; I'm going to get myself in trouble here, Bruce. But <laughs> I and, and uh, seriously, so I'll say this: I'm just keeping it real, folks. So your your listeners can go ahead and weigh in and leave some comments, you know, sure. wh- wherever they're they're listening to this, but. Is it my imagination, or are some of these mugshots higher quality portraits than a lot of what we see online today? Like, what's <laughs> up with that? Because when I first saw like the the image at the top of the page that had all the mugshots, I'm like, ah, come on, these look like they could have been done about six weeks ago. Some of these, like, what's up with that? Like, yeah. You know, and then you scroll down, and there's one, you know, the mugshot with a guy smiling. Like, here's this good looking dude. He's like in a suit, and he's smiling, and the lighting's decent. Yeah. Like, man, who? Whatever cops set that lighting up could teach classes, like you know. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it is cool. Any anytime you find historical stuff like that, it's it's neat. Yeah, history. You know, I sucked at math, so history was like always my thing. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm always fascinated by you know that kind of stuff. So that is that is cool for sure. Absolutely. Now you mention uh, social media. which kind of segues nicely (laughs) segues nicely into our topic for today (laughs) do you want to launch into it joe yeah well all right full disclosure um you know i didn't like paul's ideas for this week's show because you know paul is paul is the official content consultant when i am the co-host of shutters inc podcast and i was not happy with the selections this week okay but yeah no i've had I've, i've had like the week from hell with social media and and we're talking in terms of 
people just being ridiculous. Okay. And and so, you know, just to back up a little bit, like, look, folks, I get it. It's social media, so I shouldn't be whining. And because I teach and because I, unfortunately, I guess, fall into that category of that evil word, influencer, uh, which is not my goal or my reason for existence, but I get it. That's what you know, I choose to do. I put content out. You know, I deal with the best and the worst of social media. And Part of what I teach when I teach about marketing, social media marketing for photographers is the fact that photographers indeed do kind of suck at social media categorically. <laughs> so, folks, please don't send me hate mail. Hear me out. I'll back this up. Mm-hmm. And and again, just keeping it real, you know, like one of the things that photographers tend to do, we talk about people that type in all caps yep. and we call that shouting. Yep. Well, photographers shout without typing. It's actually pretty amazing because it requires talent, right? There's no capital <laughs> letters involved. But but the way they do it is they just slap a picture up there. Right. Or they'll go into like a Facebook group for photography and they slap a picture, just the picture. I was right? going to say they Which, do it with the saturation slider. <laughs> well, there is that too, right? And, and so, so that, Bruce, that's a whole nother episode, man. Come on, don't get me started. So... Uh, so, you know, slapping that picture up there, it is. It's the equivalent of shouting. So imagine this scenario, folks, before you send the hate mail. Hear me out. You know, you're, you're at a party, social gathering, and you've got your phone with you, and you've got your pictures on your phone like any good photographer would, of course, right? So you're not going to put a picture like one that you took yesterday, and you're excited about it. It's a cool shot. You're not going to put that on your phone full screen and then just walk up to the first person that you see and hold that phone out at arm's length and shove it in their face and not say a word <laughs> like you wouldn't do that no. so why do we do that online right so when i say photographers suck at social media they are very quick to forget that there are human beings at the other end of the experience and really why they're posting their pictures and look i understand it but come on gang because they want their ego stroked. It's just like whenever you go into those Facebook groups and you see somebody post a picture and they do a little bit of typing, you know what they type? Underneath the picture, they type CC welcome. For those of you, for those of you that don't know what that means, consider yourself lucky. Maintain your ignorance. So close your ears for a second while I talk about it because you're better off not knowing. But CC welcome, of course, constructive criticism welcome. That's code, folks. That's code. Please, it's a secret language. Never give constructive criticism because, my God, if you do, all hell breaks loose. That is not (laughs) what the person is asking. CC welcome actually means, please stroke my ego. Tell me how amazing it is. (laughs) So anyway, that's part of the setup. But the reason why uh, this has just been an amazing week to me. So two weeks ago, uh, maybe three weeks ago now, actually, I started this new thing to go along with my Todd Knowledge community, but I'm sharing it on social media because it's kind of really cool. Um, a couple of years back, I had worked on a database of photography quotes from both kind of photographers past, some very famous photographers, iconic photographers, and also some current contemporary photographers. And There are quotes about all different kinds of photography, all different aspects of photography, really kind of meant to make you think. And it's been kind of a little side project. And over the last couple of years, I've not only put together a full year's worth of these quotes, but I've also collected website addresses for every one of these photographers where you can go and read about them, see, you know, their portfolio of images and, and kind of understand a little bit about them, which, by the way, also gives you a little context behind a lot of the quotes when you see their work and understand their work. So I started sharing these every day, Monday through Friday, on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and LinkedIn. And of course, I share them in my talk knowledge community. And the response was outstanding. It just so happened the first one I had shared was a quote from uh, Peter Turner, and it was shared well over a thousand times. It got like 80,000 wow. views. I was like, wow, okay, this was a better idea than I thought it was, you know? So a couple <laughs> days go by, and, and people are loving it. It's great, right? A couple days go by, and I, I honestly don't remember what the first one was that triggered people, but <laughs> suddenly the hate messages start showing up because people disagreed with it. Now, by the way, when I post these quotes, I include a link to the photographer's website. That my, ho- my hope is, like, hey, 
broaden your horizons. Photography is more than just our experience, right? And I'm very aware of the fact that I can get tunnel vision, right? So for me, looking at, at, at some of these historical elements of photography, actually, one, they give me a better appreciation for what we have to work with today, but also really kind of help me shape the way that I approach creativity. So, you know, at first, I made the fatal mistake of engaging a few of these people <laughs> to try and have a conversation. Because, hey, look, there's, you know, no, no two people are going to see things exactly the same way. Sure. I, you know, I get that. But unfortunately, and I don't know how it is for, for you guys down there, but unfortunately in this country, disagreement is becoming a sport, <laughs> not something that happens. I mean, I mean, it really is, sadly. So a couple of days went by and had a couple more just really outrageous and dismissive comments about it. And, uh, you know, I'll be the first to admit, folks, I take part of the blame from this point forward. I don't suffer fools very well. I just don't. So I finally decided, all right, you know what? Uh, I want this to be a positive experience for people that follow me and tons of people have been interacting with them, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So I just started deleting obnoxious comments. Well, that kicked up another firestorm. You know, like, oh, freedom of speech. It's like, wait, 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 wait. This is my business page. You've got yep. no freedom of speech here. Yep. Sorry. You know, and it's just mind boggling me. So really part of what it comes down to, and, and this is where we've evolved to, and this isn't just a photography thing. This is our world. But, you know, I, I look out for photographers, so I'm ashamed of photographers for this. But there is this mentality that if it's on Facebook or Twitter, whatever, social media, that one, you are obligated to have an opinion. You know, my teachers when I grew up, well, there's a couple things about teachers when I grew up. I mean, first of all, when I went to school, I don't know how it is in Australia, but when I went to school, mm. every classroom that I was in, there was only one teacher in the classroom. Yeah. And, you know, when you were younger, you accepted what they said and you answered the way they wanted you to answer to get the grade. You know, you get to high school or you go on to university, there was, you know, more discussion where teachers would ask what you thought about things. And, and there were guidelines, shall we say, sometimes unspoken, but they were based on respect for how that discourse would take place if you disagreed with, you know, a professor's outlook on something, et cetera. There's a right way and a wrong way to present that information. Uh, and good professors would welcome those conversations provided that it was done respectfully. And I've always tried to maintain that policy, but this, this honestly, this was like a last straw for me because I found it, and of course it, it was the same cast of characters, you know, over the right, course of a week right. or two that just felt they had to have an opinion on every single quote. And the worst part of it is I would say probably a third of the quotes that caused these, all these negative comments. Mm. I personally disagreed with them too. The quotes did not represent my experience in photography, right? but that's all the more reason to actually share them and to learn about the photographer yeah. who took them to try and understand why? Why is that the viewpoint for it? Because for me, I see it a completely different way. And I actually find that very helpful in terms of continuing to develop creativity, ideas, outlooks, the way that I see things, right? So, yes, that's my vent. I'm done, folks, on that. But, <laughs> but it is. It's like, my God, folks, you know, we could do better. And I don't know, I don't know what you're like, if you have First Amendment type laws like we have here in the United States, a guaranteed freedom of speech. But literally, I, I have had people tell me, it's, you know, like, First Amendment, and you just like delete this stuff. It's like, this is not First Amendment, right? This is my this is my page, right? Yeah. Just because it's on social media, one doesn't mean you're obligated. And I will say this, and I'm not going to name any names, folks. Yeah. So sorry, you can beg all you want. I had two very high profile photographers, one of which who is a camera brand ambassador here in the United States, right? Who went off? This is now remember this was on my business page, mm -hmm. right? went off about a quote that I posted. <laughs> okay. And then when I pointed out to them, like, listen, I, I'm, you know, sharing this for this reason, et cetera, they doubled down on their comments. And, you know, finally I messaged them offline and said, look, 
you know, I'm sorry that I triggered you. I don't know you personally. You don't know me personally. I know of you. But I would never come to your business page where you market yourself and you try to pay your bills by finding customers and talk that kind of trash. Yeah. If I had a problem with you for something that you did, I'd message you. That's the right way to handle it. And it was it was mind-boggling to me. And and again, I'm you know, I'm I'm gonna share some of the blame. I'm gonna share some of the blame in the sense that I, I don't I don't take well to that kind of stuff. I, I have very little patience for, <laughs> you know, people that just wanna have negative things to say. And look, I I love a good debate. I love a good conversation where there are multiple sides to it. And I'm thrilled to have a conversation that ends in a draw. The, but, the bit about this that just boggles the mind is the fact that you're posting a quote from somebody else. It's not Joe Edelman yep. says. It's yep. <laughs> it's this guy over here said that, you know, thing. Like, Indeed. <laughs> so, yep. uh, yeah, it's, that is kind of strange. <laughs> and, 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 you know, again, I, I shared it. So, okay, I shared it. And I'll even accept the fact that because I shared it, people will assume that I agree with it, that it echoes my sentiments. Like, I'll, I'll accept that burden since I'm putting it on my page and it's got my name on it, you know, it's a little image and it's got the logo for my toggle knowledge community. I'll completely accept that burden. But like I said, I mean, some of the quotes I I don't disagree with, but I think they're really interesting and valuable quotes. If you take a few moments to actually learn a little bit about that photographer, you know, click on the link. And when you see their body of work and you read their bio, it's like, ah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Here's a photographer who's who's literally their life experience was so much different. That completely makes sense. Right. That kind of thing. So but I'll I'll gladly accept that burden because, yeah, it's on my page and I put it there. But there's still a right way and a wrong way, you know, to to approach it. And, and I do it for the sake of literally for the sake of education in the hopes that, you know, people will realize. And believe me, I was one of those people when I was in my 20s and 30s, that if you talk to me about even somebody like Ansel Adams, I mean, I knew who Ansel Adams was. I was really lucky, actually, when I was 19 years old, I saw my first Ansel Adams print, like, in person. So, obviously, mad respect, because once you've seen an Ansel Adams print, like, my God. But I didn't care about him. Right. I I didn't care about, you know, Stieglitz. I said, let's go through, you know, we can go through the whole list. I didn't care. They were, they were old people, and most of them were dead. Like, I didn't care. <laughs> and that was a loss. I mean, that legitimately was a loss. And I hate the fact that I had to get old to wise up yeah. to that, right? Yeah. You know, and, and it's not that I've suddenly become like a big art historian either, or a photography historian, but I, I realized along the way there's actually a heck of a lot to be learned from the way that many of these photographers approach their craft. And... The one good thing is that many of them, we actually do have a lot of information about them and how they approach their craft. So it's not it's not like they do with a lot of artists when you go into the art museum and, you know, they're kind of guessing what the <laughs> artist did or what they were thinking about, right? Uh, these are people that, you know, we have, yes, we have interviews from them. You know, we, we've, we've had the opportunity to ask those questions. And so we do know. And then when we can overlay that information on top of the images that we're looking at, it's actually incredibly educational for somebody that's into photography. And that's a, that was a big mistake for me. I wish I had figured that out earlier in life. And so that's really what I'm, I'm trying to share. Yeah. But, you know, these same people that behave this way, and, and this is where I, I'm really mind-boggled, they're all trying to make money as photographers. It's like, so this is the kind of crap, you know, I, I had one guy go off after I deleted a comment. I had one guy go off and started in with all of our American political stuff. You know, I'm a right-wing liberal. I don't believe in, you know, gun rights. And uh, I don't believe in First Amendment because I deleted this quote. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> this, is this what we've come to? <laughs> um, like, And this, this is a photographer who runs a business. Yeah. Right. It's like, Hello. Yeah. You know, and then and the great answer that I get from photographers is I, I get this when I do my presentation. I'll start talking about this kind of stuff. And there's always one guy and I, I you know, I hate to use stereotypes, but 
hey, stereotypes exist for a reason, right? Every time I've ever had this happen, it's been a middle-aged white guy sitting in the back of the room. Right. <laughs> and he'll, he'll raise his hand and cocky as all hell. I don't have that problem because my personal page is private and I'll say whatever I want on my personal page. That's my <laughs> First Amendment right. And so I let him finish and I take a breath and I say, so can I ask you a question? And of course, they're like, yeah, go ahead. What are you going to show me? Right. And I'll say to them, it's like, so can you tell me, honestly, if I sent you a friend request right now on Facebook this moment, and if you would approve that friend request, once I was approved and could look at your page and more specifically your friends list, <laughs> are you going to tell me that there is not a single person on that friends list who was a paying customer to your business? And that's the end of that conversation. Because, <laughs> look, if you shoot weddings, if you're, I don't care if you're a commercial advertising photographer, if you shoot portraits, whatever, hmm. it's you. Your customers do become your friends. You make yep. social connections. They send you friend requests, yep. right? So, you know, one thing as a solo entrepreneur, a photographer doesn't actually get the real benefit of having a private personal page and a public business page, whatever you put online, it represents you mm -hmm. and whatever represents you represents your business. Yep. Right. So yeah, it, it's just, it's kind of very short sighted behavior, but <laughs> thank you. Bruce, you should take up therapy. I feel better already. <laughs> I absolutely agree with that, and I feel very much the same way. And it's why, you know, there are certain aspects of my beliefs and my, you know, my social life that, that just never gets mentioned on Shutter's Inc. Right. It doesn't get mentioned on Understanding Dark Table, you know, because I, you know, try to keep up that a wall of separation between sure. what is my public persona and, and what I try to do, you know, with content creation that mm -hmm. I want to keep separate from certain areas of my life. I mean, I share yep. quite a bit, but yep. not everything. So. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I mean, photographers will frequently say to me, it's like, but I'm just not comfortable, you know, after they hear the analogy I just gave you, they're like, but I'm just not comfortable having my whole life, you know, out there on social media. I'm like, look, you don't go look to. at my personal, you know, I tell them, go look at my personal page on Facebook, dig, go out and dig, and then tell me what you know about me. You know that I like baseball. You know that I have two grandkids. You know that the only time I ever post food pictures on social media is if I'm on vacation. Okay. <laughs> it's like, so what do you really know about me? Yeah. Right? You, you don't know anything about me other than what you actually know of me as a photographer. And it's not that I'm gaming anybody. It's just that I don't think that political conversations, uh, you know, any of that kind of stuff, I don't think it's beneficial to business. And believe me, here in the United States, we are so divided at this point that that's just, that's yeah. any of that is lightning, yeah. an instant lightning rod. But, but even before that, even if we want to roll it back nine years on social media or 10 years on social media, I just don't see the value of bringing that, you know, it, into your, your business. And, and even if you're not trying to make money as a photographer, even if you're just sharing your pictures in the hopes of finding like-minded people who may appreciate them or maybe that you can connect with and learn from, which to me is still the coolest thing about social media. Screw all this, this BS. Just the fact that on social media, I can deal with people like Paul Sutton. It's like, <laughs> it's still amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Right. So, um, you know, that, that's the coolest thing about social media. It, it has made the world world so much smaller. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I mean, sure. It's brought us other problems. I mean, Elon Musk owns Twitter now. God yeah. knows what's going to happen yeah. there, right? But yeah. it's going to be an adventure, and we'll all go along for the ride. And, uh, you know, it, over time, it'll work itself out, mm. right? So, yeah, I, I'm completely with you. I, I mean, I, I don't think having personal profiles means that you have to share every little aspect of your life. And I think if we flip that script... There's also the idea that why do we think that everybody cares about every aspect of our life, <laughs> exactly. right? 
and I get it. There are some differences there generationally, right? Younger generation tends to share a lot more about their feelings, their thoughts, everything they're going through. And you know what? I'm not going to judge that. The younger generation, their experience in the world is very different than ours. Yeah. You know, I, I, I grew up, I became an adult long before anybody ever got shot in school and they had to do drills where they hit under desks and all that kind of stuff. And I was lucky enough. I was born in 1960. So I even missed all the drills in the fifties, yep. you know, so I, I can't pretend to know their experience. I just know that, yes, they've experienced a lot of things that my generation didn't. So if yep. it works for them, then good. It works for them. And it's just like television. I don't have to pay attention to their, their profiles. I can scroll on by or change the channel. Like nobody's making me have to deal with it. So it's the same on Facebook. Something comes up on your feed, you can keep scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you, don't, you don't have to. In fact, Facebook has those three little buttons. You know, it's like, if I don't like this guy's quotes, yeah. you can just click the box and you'll never see the quotes again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but no, people feel, you know, it's more appropriate. Let's just say something really obnoxious, and yeah. you know. Do you so, know? Yeah. I, without saying the name, because you'll you'll work it out for yourself. There right. was, you know, one of these oxygen thief celebrities who always seemed to appear on my feed because they were, you know, notorious for doing this, that, or the other. And so mm -hmm. eventually, I just started on on Facebook going, "Show me less of stories like this." And right. I kept doing that, and it didn't take yep. long. It only took a couple of days, and suddenly that oxygen yep. thief was no longer present oh, yeah. in my feed until yep. a week ago when he did something absolutely outrageous that's caused him to be, you know, disowned uh, by everybody, right? We're and talking Kanye West. Yeah. You just put that right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. That was disrespectful. His name is Yee. His name is Yee, right? That is his legal name, yeah. Yes. Um, so... Yeah, uh, I mean, and you know, the worst part of it is he's an insanely talented guy. I mean, that's part of his crazy, right? He is. Right. He's an insanely talented guy. But, dude, like, <laughs> learn when to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just learn when to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. So because I, I'm sure in his I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, I really do. I'm sure in his mind, there's some kind of way he connects the dots that are nowhere near as controversial or hateful as the rest of us perceive it. Right. I, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Look, I haven't but, even gone to look at what it was that he said that caused all the outrage. I honestly don't well, care. <laughs> I mean, of course, now, you know, everybody's piling on because it turns out there's lots of other recordings of things and, and this and that. And it's a shame because the guy's talented, you know. Right. And he's known to have had some some, you know, mental issues. So there's very likely some kind of disability in there. But, right. you know, when you're that famous and you're that rich. You got a lot of people handling you and helping you, but clearly he's got the wrong people that are just interested in getting paid by him because they're not stopping him. Right. right? Yeah. So that's why I say I, I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt that, that it, he sees a logical connection somehow to how those statements make sense. But I sure don't. And obviously most people don't. And the way he's chosen to, you know, present it, I don't think anybody's going to see that connection. Mm. So there was something you said uh, ten minutes ago about mm -hmm. what you were trying to do with the Tog Knowledge channel, mm -hmm. and about and I'm I'm trying to think of the exact wording. There was something that you said that made me think of, and this is somewhat unrelated, uh, but I heard of a new media website over the last 24 hours or so called Semaphore. Have you heard of Semaphore? I have not. Now, okay. now I have to so go it's, typing. Okay. It's S-E-M-A-F-O-R, not P-H-O-R-E, as you okay. might have thought. Um, right. And basically what these guys are trying to do is differentiate the reporting of news between the verifiable facts and the opinion and uh -huh. the, you know, retort from the other side and putting right. each of those under separate headings within a story, which I think is a great idea. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I feel like, you know, what's happened with media, you know, we've got the Fox Newses of the world 
that have become <laughs> very. You, you have that problem down there too. <laughs> yeah. okay. Hey, wow! He was okay. one of ours originally. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that is true. Yes. Wow, that's right. We can blame you. Okay. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, um, you know, the, you know, you have these media organizations that have yep. become quite, you know, biased in one particular direction. Yep. And, you know, the the thing that social media has, I guess, been guilty of over the last 25 years or so is creating these echo chambers where sure. people only listen to the stuff that resonates with their core belief systems. Yep. And so, you, you know, and, and I think that has been a large part of the divisiveness that we've seen evolve in the world. And it's not just... I, I was just going to say worldwide. I agree. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it is. And, and you know, realistically, I mean, part of our experience here in the U.S. is as, as a person who considers themselves to be, you know, a, a proud American, we, we have a governmental system that much of the world doesn't understand. But the thing that's interesting about a governmental system, you know, we're headed on that road to 300 years. We're not at 300 years yet, but... Sure. This system has has held actually really solid, even, you know, with everything that happened after the last election, Mm -hmm. this system has held solid. And part of its beauty is that it's equally as flawed. Sure. It's it's a balance, but it's a balance that that has held. And when this system was dreamed up and created, there was absolutely no way. I mean, if you think about it for that many years, it's amazing that those people that, you know, did the Declaration of Independence and did our Constitution had the foresight to come up with a system that was going to last this long, because most countries in the world, the system has not lasted that long. But there was no way anyone could have foreseen the technological advancements we have and yeah. the way that, you know, news would splinter. I mean, I'm, I'm just old enough as a kid. I remember watching Walter Concrete give the news. Yeah. And I remember and I admit, this is something I actually really miss. And I don't mean that they only do it once a week, but I wish they would do this on all the networks every Sunday night for the last minute of the newscast. So he only got to do it once a week. <laughs> but on Sunday nights for the last minute of the newscast, he it would come back from commercial and he would be sitting there with sheets of paper in his hand and across the top of the screen, it would say the word editorial. And then at the bottom of the screen, it would have the standard disclaimer that, you know, the words Walter Concrete is speaking are not necessarily representative of, you know, CBS network or whatever network it was and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And for one minute, he had one minute, he got to give his opinion yeah. about something, right? Yeah. And, you know, where we've evolved, and I think a lot of people, especially in our generation, I think we suckered for it at first. Uh, well, meaning we didn't we didn't see Fox being political at first. We didn't see CNN becoming political at first. And so it was kind of too far down the road before we realized that these these pundits that come on the air actually had a purpose. And that purpose wasn't to inform. That purpose was to move the needle, right? And so we we lost track of that understanding of, oh, this is a person who's there to further this messaging. And I don't actually mind if we have that, but let's label it, right? Let's like straight up label it. And, and really, we need three simple labels, you know, at least for our country, right? We, you know, we need a label that says, hey, this is, you know, this is a Democratic pundit. We need a label that says this is a Republican pundit. And we need a label that says this is fact reporting. So it's going to be down the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And and now we'll let the pundits interpret it. Yeah. And and so be it because, and this all really started when we went to 24-7 news because they got to fill a lot of airtime. Yeah. It's like now we get 99% opinion and one minute sure. of facts per week. Yep. Yeah. But and, yeah, and that's, um, that's definitely the problem. Yeah. Um, so so what they're doing with Semaphore is that, you know, you, you, you click on a, a story and mm-hmm. you'll get the first section which tries to you know, lay out the the lay of the land, you know, around that story. And mm-hmm. then you will get a, a piece of opinion by the writer. And the writers are all people who are specialists within the field. And, then, and then they have a section that 
tries to portray you know an alternate opinion of that particular story like you know <laughs> a view from the other side as it were so it's right. it's a site i'm going to keep an eye on and, and just see whether it lives up to its promise so. yeah i mean i i i hope they're successful it's as somebody who started their career as a photojournalist working for newspapers i am very angry at the news media worldwide yeah for going for so many years with their heads in the sand and not paying attention to new media and new media started with television right so you know long right. before we got yeah. to the internet and then by the time we got to the internet you know newspapers had long prior to the internet sealed their their demise and so now the challenge is you know the the outlets that draw the biggest viewership are the ones that cause the most stress so for a group like the Semaphore, I think it's a brilliant concept. It's going to be interesting to see if they can actually continue to make money. Yeah. Because, and I was just you know, about to say, you know, all of this, you take it back one step further, and the root of all of the issues is advertising. Because mm -hmm. it is advertising that generates the income that allows the business to function. And over a period of time, we have seen advertisers become more and more influential you sure. know where when it started you had you know media outlets who would say to their advertiser no you're not doing that no you yep. are not going to be able to do that and it got to yep. the point where the almighty dollar was more important than the credibility sure. you know absolutely and, and that's kind of the rabbit hole we're at the bottom of now that's pervasive all throughout society so i'll even bring it back to photography the same yeah. exact things happen in the photography industry sure you know at this point there is so much that uh, photography, I mean, one of the reasons I worked away, walked away from all my sponsorships earlier this year, which still freaks a lot of people out. I said to people, like, why would you do that? You know, because I, I want to be able to hold manufacturers accountable. There's so much that goes on that is accepted. And it's accepted because photographers don't understand it. I mean, I, I, I'm a proud member of organizations like PPA. I support WPPI. I make money having an opportunity to speak for them. But at the same time, I will also educate people that when they get the weekly newsletter from these organizations and it talks about, you know, the new camera that Sony released or it talks about the new light that this company came out with, those companies paid to have that article written and distributed in that newsletter. So it's not a pure editorial newsletter. It's an advertorial. And, you know, part of the way these organizations support themselves is, you know, they may have 30,000 members. So they're able to charge a pretty penny to get that article that's all about that product in front of 30,000 people who are all photographers, right? Uh, and, and not that that's bad that it happens, but the stuff is not clearly marked that way. There's not full transparency on that. So photographers, indeed, just like you have with television commercials, they look at that as an endorsement mm -hmm. from the organization. This yeah. is the thing to get. I need to run out and get this today, right? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's about finding balance, right? I, I certainly don't want these organizations to disappear. I would like to see them maybe make some of their money in a different way. I certainly don't want the camera companies to go out of business either. But at the same time, you know, we, we've, we've got to also educate photographers that when Sony, you know, decides to release its, what, I don't know, 15th or 16th body in its lineup, that, yeah, it has some nice feature upgrades, but it's still just an incremental increase. There are actually very few photographers who are going to see a legitimate benefit yep. from that brand new version of a 61 megapixel camera. Yep. Now, if you've got a ton of disposable income and you like toys, good for you, go ahead. But if your focus is photography, like pure photography, there's a good likelihood that there is other equipment or even for that matter, business tools that will benefit you all a whole lot more than spending more than three grand, almost four grand for that new body, Yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that's where we don't have that education and we don't have that balance because again, it is, it's advertising driven. Yeah. 
Yep. I, I'm in exactly that boat. You know, I've, I've said on many occasions that I shot with my A850 for 10 years and I saw a lot of camera bodies come and go in that time. Sure. That I looked at and went, Oh, that'd be nice. You, you know, but it wasn't until I saw the A7 III, and it just so happened that I, you know, I got a small inheritance when my grandmother passed away that sort of mm-hmm. came in at the same moment, and I went, you know what, now's the time for me to upgrade. The mm-hmm. The technology has really moved quite a long way in, in those oh, sure. 10 years. Yep. Uh, that There were features on the A7 III that my A850 didn't have, Right. That warranted the expense and the upgrade. And I'm now mm-hmm. in the same boat again. You know, I looked at the specs of the A7 five that was announced this week and went, whoa, that's some nice stuff. But you know what? <laughs> I've barely right. scratched the surface of what my A7 three is capable of. So, right. you know, it's not worth it. And I, mean, yep. I could scrape up the money if I had to, but I, I just don't have the need for that. Sure. I feel yeah. I feel bad for photographers that buy like the A7R4, which I have, or the new A7R5, without really paying attention to the file sizes. Yes. And then they <laughs> get these cameras and they get the files and they realize that their computers are not really capable of handling yep. any quantity of files of yep. that size. And, you know, even if you're just working on one file and you get that sucker into Photoshop and start adding a couple layers, if you want to do some retouching or start doing frequency separation, and then your computer's just slowing down like crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah, for me, I I had literally just purchased a brand new M1 Mac and maxed it. Right. And so it's like, okay, I can handle it. And even with that, when I do heavy compositing and I'm really dumping layers in with these files that come out of the A7R4A, yeah, which, which are like a hundred meg raw down. files. Yeah, and I mean this this file or this this machine was like the max that you could get in a MacBook Pro, and I'm able to slow this thing down <laughs> dramatically with you know files when I'm doing really crazy design work on top of the image and that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's a shame because I've I talked to so many people that have gone out and bought the camera and then you know like less than a month later realized. I either have to sell this camera or I got to go buy a brand new computer and that computer is going to cost me a whole lot more than the camera did. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, excellent. Joe has been really good to catch up with you, mate. Yes. My pleasure. Any, anytime, anytime I, I need to find a, a better content consultant for next time. Sorry, Paul. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. It's all good. All right. So what's on for your week? Uh, my weekend. Actually, I'm going to I'm gonna teach a class right after I finish recording with you tonight for a group in Cleveland, Ohio. We're going to do a nice. class all about portrait photography. And then um, tomorrow I'm actually doing a one-on-one workshop with a young photographer here in um, the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania. Yep. And then Sunday's the fun stuff. Sunday I get to uh, go photograph my grandsons playing baseball. But on top of all of that... I'm from Philly, and the Philadelphia Phillies start their quest for the World Series tonight. So we have to be watching some baseball games for the next week. I was just about to say, which sport are we talking about? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> well, you know, Philadelphia is Philadelphia is one of those cities that is usually just full of heartache with its sports teams. Right. Championships come far and few between. Okay. So right now, our football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're like the only undefeated team in the National Football League. Wow. So they're at the top of the heap. And the Phillies, who fired their manager halfway through the season and were having an extremely mediocre season, managed to get it together at the end and squeak into the playoffs, and now they're dominating. Wow. So they, yeah, they play for all the marbles starting tonight. So we'll see. Nice. All right. We wish them well. (laughs) All right. All right, mate. Well, you take care, and we will uh, catch up with you sometime soon, hopefully. I would love it. Anytime. Take care, Bruce. Thanks for having me. See you, mate. All right. Bye now. You've been listening to Shutters, Inc. For questions, comments, and feedback, email theboys at shuttersincpodcast.com.